Stop betraying ourselves. Imagine if that head trash was not there. Who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I'm Stephanie Costello, a mom of three, wife, and avid mountaineer. Beyond all of these, I am, very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you Mr. Nick Ferrioli, owner of Elm City Coaching. Nick's passion is to shift the mindset of his clients. As a core energy coach, he helps clients identify desired goals, and he is highly skilled at working with those clients to break through any blocks to achieving those goals. Nick's clients also discover how their past experiences have formed beliefs that are holding them back. He works with them to re-engineer those beliefs so they can achieve greatness. All right, all right. Hello, Mr. Nick, and welcome to the Intimacy Truth Podcast. Thank you for being here. Pleasure. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk about today's topic, which is focusing on betrayal and betraying ourselves and how we do that in our lives. Uh, So tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into coaching uh, other individuals. So um, my name is Nick Ferriolo. I'm the owner of Elm City Coaching. What got me involved was when I was in the corporate world, I was coaching um, staff and how I changed their lives and how they changed mine to have people have the ability and the tools to look within and say, you know, my gremlin or my inner critic is telling me something that's not true, which your, your gremlin, which I call it, also attaches to, there's no self-love. You know, I didn't love myself. Um, I betrayed myself in every relationship I was in um, because I allowed that unhealthy relationship to go on just because to feel the need to be with somebody. And I, of course, you know this, and I'll be open to, to your podcasters that yeah. I'm a transgender guy. And, you know, I'm not talking for all transgender people, but for me, I had to have, find somebody that would love me, but I never thought anybody would love me because of that. So I call them my hope relationships that I was almost with people that would just, you know, kind of get me to a point, you know, we, I would take them on dates and, but they would only want to be friends, but they would keep coming back, coming back. Mm-hmm. And when I call, talk about self-betrayal, it's that um, my part of my soul was left every time they just left me. Yeah. And it's interesting yeah. how you say uh, betrayal, because oftentimes when we're re- perceiving betrayal in our world, we're thinking this person is betraying me. And oftentimes we don't ask the next question, which is how am I allowing them to betray me, right? What part of the situation am I playing so that I can pause and take a look at my own behaviors and make the shifts? Uh, your, your inner gremlin, I use the term head trash. Uh, so often time, a lot of my uh, listeners will, will hear us talking about head trash. And, and I often will refer to 
that's your shit. This is my shit. Now let's meet each other in the middle because we both have it, right? Let's, exactly. we, let's, let's not let this crap in our head take control and own our, our, ourselves, our relationships, everything in our world. So it's really awesome that you took your, your, your experience of feeling betrayed, betraying yourself and working through that significant transition where the world betrays you on, a, on an endless uh, basis. Exactly. You know, I allowed that unhealthy, unhealthy does not see unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. So when I'm in an unhealthy relationship, I don't see it because I'm unhealthy. Right. So you look, I always pick the strays, the people that I, I felt needed help, mm-hmm. you know, just to make me go, don't work on yourself, just focus on them. Yeah. And how do you think that worked out? Right. Exactly. And I always said, you know, I want a healthy relationship. Well, all the healthy people see unhealthy. So I would never be in an unhealthy, in a healthy relationship until well, I got healthy. Yeah. And those of us, to, oops, sorry. Go ahead. The courage to dig deep. I don't saint myself when I talk about past relationships. I own my stuff. I was judgmental in some relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, I just allowed this unhealthy relationship just to keep going and going and going and going. It wasn't good for either person involved. Something I refer myself to is a, I'm a people, a recovering people pleaser, recovering rescuer. Sounds like you're also the same um, in the sense where I, uh, I think there's definitely versions of struggling with your, if you have an unhealthy behavior pattern or perspective and, and then trying to see healthy in somebody else's, you're right. That's definitely a, a challenge in relationships. There's another challenge too, though, where there's parts of, okay, well, if I see this health, this piece healthy and this piece unhealthy, or maybe I don't see the unhealthiness yet, but then there have a healthy, right? There's, it's a, it's so much more, it feels more complex uh, when we're bonding in relationships and, and how do we recognize like, okay, if I'm perceiving someone as betrayal being, is betraying me, what part of that is my my irrational mindset, right? And then what part of that is my rational mindset? What part of it do I need to own that I need to take care of? And then what part of it is I, they need to also shift their behaviors because maybe they're not acting in a way that you desire to be with somebody, right? So one of your things was be friends, but keep coming back. And you continuously accepted them to come back as just being friends, right? Exactly. But being friends, taking them to dinner, paying for spas, you yeah. know, all this stuff. Because here, here's, and here's the kicker. As much as you fight for somebody, if I did get that person, I would never think they were going to stay anyway. Mm. it would be that constant battle to keep yeah. once you got. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. It absolutely. So when I think about self-betrayal in a relationship, when I walked away from these relationships, again, I left a piece of my soul. In relationship, you should compromise. Yes. You give a little, I take a little. But when you leave part of you in that relationship, that's not that self-betrayal. And that's, for me, that's the worst yeah. form of self-abuse is self-betrayal. Because exactly. it's, if it continues with, oh, why did I do it? And you replay and replay and replay and replay. You could be, be replaying that moment for years. That moment could go into a new relationship if you're not healthy enough to get into a relationship. So you're actually looking through your old relationship to your new relationship. Mm-hmm. I was in a relationship that this woman would constantly talk and react to me how she because of her ex and one night we were having dinner and I and I set three plates and she goes so who's coming over I said your ex he's always here (laughs) because when you're not ready to move forward you bring all that with you yeah and you know 
but it's a lot definitely. of people need to be need to have somebody to love them and don't take the time to heal themselves from a relation a past relationship before they get into a new one mm. and it's interesting too uh there was something earlier what you were mentioning i didn't so usually when i take notes so i can hold on to what i was thinking um there's when it oh i was just having this conversation with somebody about when you know you said the word compromise earlier and in relationships well what does compromise look like well it looks like it's different for everybody it depends on what your values are it depends on what your strengths are it depends on what you want to bring to the table and what you want to receive from the table right mm -hmm. it's the piece of wanting and deserving to receive from the table and i you know i was having a conversation with a client who is very much of the perspective that i have to give 100 percent every single time no less than 100 percent is good otherwise i'm falling back otherwise i'm not right i'm not doing good enough and then they're but then they're sitting back wondering well why am i being betrayed all the time like this in this environment this environment and, and i'm being betrayed here and if i do x then this is going to happen there and they're making all these assumptions uh and having all these endless stories in their head and it's like no pause and just wait a minute wait and see how stop and look at how you're giving of a hundred percent and, and it, there's going to be times where we're going to give and we're not going to be able to receive. We all have different strengths, right? Exactly. It's my strength. You're going to receive from my strength, but I'm also going to receive from your strength because that's how relationships work. You're, I'm not going to equally be able to give to you if you are a coach and, that works specifically with transgender individuals. Like I can't, I can't give that to people. I can't give that yeah. to clients, but I can give you know, to trauma survivors or to those who are recovering addicts or whatever it might be, right? Moms, I can give yeah. to a mom 110% in those relationships. Yeah. Um, but what is that going, what are we going to receive? Maybe not in the coaching relationship, but in personal relationships, Yeah, finding yeah. that middle ground. It's funny when you say like, for me, uh, my sweet spot in coaching is the gremlin work. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're trans, straight, bi, it doesn't matter. It's true, yes. And when you say, it's kind of funny when you said, you know, assumptions. So what feeds the gremlins assumptions, interpretations, yeah. which interpretations is that little story you make up in your head. Well, here's also the story from your previous relationships, like you had said. Exactly. But here's yeah. a quick, here's a quick, really example of a really cool interpretation that happened to me. It's kind of funny. So I figured I'd share. Okay. I'm on a date three weeks in, I just, you know, transitioned. I didn't, I just changed my name. I didn't do any other, any medical hormone therapy, nothing. And I'm sitting Italian restaurant after dinner, sipping Zambuca. And this woman says to me, I never in my wildest dreams ever, ever, ever thought I would ever be with anybody like you. I swear I never. Mm -hmm. So I go, well, you can't handle this trans thing. I think you should leave now. And how many people are trans in Keene, New Hampshire? I mean, of course you yeah. did. She goes, she goes, you know what? She goes, no. She goes, I never, ever thought I'd be with an Italian guy. <laughs> okay. Aww. True story. Yeah. So that's an interpretation that I, that little story you make up yeah. that could really affect. And then limiting beliefs what you were, what did you hear growing up? You got to work hard for your money. That's one, you know, showing emotion is a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. So all those feed into that gremlin that could get in the way of a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. That other one, the people pleaser one is definitely usually a skill that was taught in agreement. So there's this book called the four agreements. And this thing is like something I'm living by right now. Um, and the four agreements are, and it's so fascinating how this is coming up in so many conversations. The first one is be impeccable with your word. Don't, the second one is don't take anything personally. Third one is don't make assumptions. And fourth one is always do your best. If you stick your mindset to those four agreements, then when it comes to that inner gremlin, that inner gremlin doesn't take control because you're able to use this as a, as a base ground, uh, exactly. a baseline to, to, 
proceed and how you're engaging with people and yourself. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Where do you go when stress and conflict is in front of you? Yeah. Be a caregiver on a good day. You know, I do this assessment for my coaching practice and it tells you, I, I take something as abstract as how you handle conflict and puts it right in front of you. On a good day, I'm a caregiver. Of course, I'm a coach. I'm a caregiver. I'm, you know, a collaborator. I want to work as a team. Once mm. stress is introduced in my life, I go to victim, number one. 80% victim, yeah. 80%. Why? Because all the past experiences have formed my lenses that I look through the world now. Yeah. And they're not there. It's not true. So working with like a coach like us, coaches mm. like us, yeah. we allow our clients to find themselves the tools, you know, we don't give, we don't, I don't give out. I let them kind of explore themselves and go, Oh, wait a minute. That isn't true anymore. Mm. That was three relationships ago. Mm -hmm. This person standing in front of me today is not like that person that, right. but we hold that. I'm curious. I'm wondering how you integrate that into your corporate teachings. Because corporate, corporate coaching leadership. I do a seven levels of leadership. Are you a catabolic leader or are you an anabolic leader? Do uh, you force wins? Do you, how, do you direct people or do you work with people? Do you share information or hide information? Mm. So I have this whole energy development leadership program, 13 segments goes from everything from the seven levels of leadership to emotional intelligence, to productivity and all that, that I could bring to a company and shift that energy. Yeah. And I could do it on a personal level, shifting the energy, right. re-engineering the mindset of my clients. There you go. There's the tools you're giving them and the sharing the information versus not sharing the information. That's something that is challenged. I, I'm challenged with because it's like, I want everyone to have all of the knowledge. I want one thing that I say is I teach people how to work with the engine of their body, which is their brain. We know how to press the gas pedal in our lives. We do not know how to press the brake. And if we press the brake, it's this miserable, terrible discomfort thing because you're taught that pressing the brake is not okay. Right. Mm -hmm. But yet we don't know how to work with, and I, I translate it to obviously uh, cars, because people get cars, they don't get neurological talk. And then I get all nerdy on them and they're like, huh? So I say, okay, well, do you know how the pistons work with the oil and where the battery is connected to and all those other like terminology for a car, an engine, an engine of a car. And people were like, no, I know how to press the gas pedal. The, the guy, the mechanic goes fix it. Well, there's not a mechanic to help fix your brain. I mean, there's therapists and counselors and there's all these different uh, ways of doing it. The chances of them bringing their car to get fixed are pretty significant. They're chances of them fixing their brain or helping understand themselves understand their brain so they can work with their inabilities and abilities right their limitations yeah. and the, all of their strengths accepting that we have limitations is such a power it's so empowering it's so you're owning your power you're taking your control i'm someone who's like yeah i can't do this right now or, I, I don't I, this isn't a skill that i can offer you currently doesn't yeah. mean I don't want to, it just means that I'm currently hitting a wall, but I'm not going to hit that. I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to continue to move because I know limitations can turn into strengths, right? And I'm yeah. okay with where I'm at. I, you know, it's a scary thing to do though. It is. It, it, is. it, it takes courage. It does. It takes courage because and determination and resilience. And determination. I remember when I first yeah. started healing mm. that I was like, huh? you know how long this is going to take? I'm so messed up. <laughs> You know, how, I'm laughing at what, you, you know, but and, I would, I'm sure but that's what I said to myself, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm like, yeah. okay, well, listen, first of all, it does, it's not going to take too long, but to 
just it, it's that flipping that mindset. Mm -hmm. It's it's when you change the way you view the world, the world changes. Yes. Oh, and, I love that. Is that a quote you came up with, or where did I you think I, I saw it on a uh, no, I don't. I usually we requote. Yeah, me too. I, it said something like that. Maybe I maybe I shortened it a little bit so you could give it to me. I don't know. Yeah. But it's all my IPEC, it's IPEC training is that's where I got my certification. Mm -hmm. That's all what it's about. Like attracts like energy. You know, if you want to be in a great relationship, have a great person in front of you. Mm. In order to have a great person in front of you, you need to do the work for yourself so you could see that great person. Mm. That great person is going to see you if who you are, yeah. if they're healthy. And I really stick to that because I have so many friends that I was an overlapper. I was like, see ya. Okay, hi. I mean, that's how quick I was in another relationship. Yeah. And how healthy was that for anybody involved? But people don't want to hear it because they need some people need to be with somebody. Mm. And when you have that, it took me getting ghosted. Okay. I was at a was friends with this woman four years. We saw each other every day. It was that hope relationship. Took her out to dinner. She came over, ha, ha just enough keeping me on the string. And then one morning I texted her. I didn't hear from her. That was seven years ago. Never heard from her again. Mm. It took that hurt. And I was so low to make me flip that switch to say, I just need a dog, I don't need a relationship. That's <laughs> what happened. And how freeing yeah. that was yeah. to not need somebody to absolutely be able to love myself. And not need, but want, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that, and I, and, and I, tell, I usually give the example, right? And I'm, I'm so excited to have this like recording because when you see the video of us talking, it just is so much different than when you're listening. So thank you listeners, thank you watchers. But to speak to the need, I need this, I need to be loved versus I want to be loved. I'm enjoying being loved. I yeah. am loved, right? It's a whole different approach to the relationship, the situation, whatever it is. And, yeah. and, it, and that can go from, I need this cashier to be specific and get me out of here on time because I need to get to this look like that mindset of a, of a lack, 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 lack versus I want to, you know, a thank you for taking care of my groceries. Thank you for cashing me out, right? Thank you for bagging my groceries. And I can't wait to get to the next appointment. I want to enjoy abundance and growth. It's just that's exactly, a you know, we have approach. to we be conscious. And again, that seven levels of leadership is seven levels of consciousness. Stop defaulting. Mm. Instead of reacting, respond. Mm. So when you say like, I don't know, it's just, um, it's it, again, it's, it's a hard thing to do. It is. And it's appropriate to stop and say, we're all going to react. Right. And that's a limitation accepting that we're all going to react when we do the work to figure out how to respond. Right. Then exactly. we can come back and say, and that's what healthy versus unhealthy is. Right. Because unhealthy is someone who's constantly being stuck in what I would call the drama triangle, the dreaded drama triangle. Um, and, or not that I call it, I didn't come up with it. Um, David Womdrove, I think, came up with it. Um, but so the, the unhealthy is those who constantly get wrapped in the drama triangle and just get stuck there. The healthy are those who say, oh, wow, I was stuck in the drama triangle, but now I know like I was reacting and now I'm responding. And thank you for being patient with me. I'm sorry that I reacted. That was my shit. And I, you didn't deserve to have that on your plate, right? Like, and, and when you did this, I perceived it as this way. Or if we're engaging in a relationship this way, I need to set better boundaries because when you do X, I can't handle that. And right? Communication, collaboration, compromise, you know, boundaries. A funny yes. thing, boundaries, they're pretty simple. Yeah. What is okay yeah. with me and what's not okay with me? Right.
but we tend to worry more about people liking us than setting those boundaries. But when we don't set boundaries, we become resentful. Yeah. But I'd rather be, I'd rather set my boundaries and be loving. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then have people walk all over my boundaries or past my, my line Difference and feel hate healthy. and feel resentment. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I always tell my clients get comfortable with the uncomfortable mm -hmm. with the minoanas. Okay. <laughs> because when you're comfortable with the, that discomfort means you're almost there. Right. Cause you know, I'll be honest with you, very comfortable being unhealthy for years for me. Yeah. I was used to it. I was used to drama in my life. So when there wasn't, I was like, where is it? And I would find it. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. You know, I was like, oh, yeah. oh, there's none out here. So there's some, I'm yeah. going to go, I'm going to go over there and, and, and take their shit. And yeah. stuff. Oh, sorry. No, it's um, okay. Okay. My listeners so know I have a problem though. That comfortable being unhealthy, not good. So when you get a little uncomfortable means you're stepping out of your comfort zone, right. which means you're almost there to, even if it just it, say, okay, listen, it's time for me to get healthy. Mm -hmm. When you stop judging, taking things personally, you stop judging and your stress goes down. I mean, immediately. Yeah. So all these little tricks and trades, you know, that we do as coaches mm -hmm. to say, just, yeah, I don't even call them tricks. Cause it's just learning how to work with your brain. It's just learning how to take control in a healthy way it's learning how to own your power and embrace who you are which is exactly the work that i solely focus on and yeah. and to speak to this truth about intimacy right to wrap this to that why this podcast is so important this episode is so important to be on this podcast is what we're talking about is all the ways to start looking at right like start a new chapter just look at okay a healthy versus unhealthy betray if i feel betrayed and i'm reacting how do i want to respond instead of react right and just question yep. these things uh, the why question and just write it down why do i do x and then keep going and just answer and figure out take the what's not real out of your head and make it real and tangible so that you can say wow when I think this, it feels 100% real. When I write it down, it looks like somebody just wrote a script for a new movie, exactly. right? Like it doesn't, it's not exactly. something that's real. You know, is it true? Byron Katie, the work. I don't know if any, yeah. anybody oh. on the, love yeah. her, okay? Yeah. And if you start asking yourself, is it true? What you just thought? And you'll yeah. go, yeah, it is. But then you really think about it and it isn't. Yeah. Right. Or there's some other variations. Maybe part of it is true, but what else is there that makes it feel worse than what it may be. Yeah. And for me, when, you know, tricking, when I say, you know, tricks and tools, I, you, we have to start re-engineering re our mindset. And right. that's times we have to, you know, kind of trick it a little bit to start thinking yeah. that, you know, to, to view the world the way we want to manifest is what we get. Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, I love it. This is so exciting. I appreciate your, yes, it was. It's so exciting to get nerdy with other coaches. <laughs> it's actually because, my first podcast ever. So it's like, oh, well, yay. I'm happy to have broken your podcast, Jerry. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Didn't hurt that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you for being here, Nick. And we're going to put all of the, uh, your links and your bio and everything in the show notes. Uh, so if anyone would like to get in touch with our friend Nick here, please do so. Uh, reach out to me or him. Thanks, Steph. You're welcome.